Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Hi, and welcome to Hiscox's Side Hustle, the Small Business Podcast. I'm excited to have David Sturgis here today with us to talk about his experience being a side hustler and then a small business owner. Welcome to the show, David. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'd love for you to give us a little bit about your background, kind of a couple of minutes about who you are and what got you to where you are today. All right, so I've worked in the mental health field for about 17 years, started out at psychiatric hospitals uh, for about 10 to 12 years of that. And then that last kind of year of hospital life started private practice on the side. Um, so doing that one, two nights a week. Yeah. And then got to a point where um, it was certainly sustainable and growing. And so talking with my wife, decided to leave the hospital world and go into entrepreneurial small business ownership for the first time um, and started my own private practice. Yeah. So, what, what drove you into wanting to be a therapist in the beginning? Was it fascinating yeah. um, that we all deal with it in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, so from a mental health well-being standpoint, you know, not everyone is dealing with a psychiatric, critical, dangerous level of care, but that was a lot of my hospital work. Right. Um, there's a lot of folks, the majority of folks, that are dealing with just everyday stressors or um, a, a difficult health diagnosis or financial problem life transition problems. Right. And so um, we can't always go to friends, families, coworkers, you know, to get that. We need yeah. a third-party objective person that's not going to be judgmental and opinionated. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it, it was a great blend, you know, yeah. to still be able to help people, still be capable of dealing with psychiatric, you know, critical issues, um, yeah. but less intense, you right. know. In that hospital right. life. Yeah. So coming out of school, um, you started straight into the hospital. That was yep. the first stop. Okay. Yep. Um, what was that like for you? Like fire yeah. hose? Like how was it? So from a, a graduate school standpoint, we've got about three and a half years worth of graduate school. And then part of that is practicum right. internship, you know, for nine ish months. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Can't remember. Um, <laughs> but um, I got a job at that hospital that I did my internship with. Okay. So it was a pretty good transition in the sense that I knew the environment, I knew the population we were working with, right. um, things of that nature. And so, you know, a lot of folks will do their internship wherever they can find it. Yeah. Um, and I was really intentional on trying to get to that location. Um, and so it, it worked out. Yeah. Um, and then rest is history. Yeah. So uh, entering into that atmosphere, even though you'd interned there before, were there surprises for you? 
in terms sure. of the business or, or anything else? Yeah, especially the business side, okay. right? Um, healthcare is a service industry, yeah, right. right? And so um, understanding the difference of insurance is not healthcare, right? Yeah. Insurance is a way to pay for healthcare. Right. Irregardless of somebody's opinion or belief, there's a aspect of doing the healthcare from a physician clinician standpoint. Right. And then the business side of how do I keep my doors open? <laughs> right. And so navigating that on a, on a hospital level, um, you've got, you know, different insurance, you know, companies that you're working with, you've got self-pay right. folks. Um, how do you create services mm -hmm. to be able to provide what people need? Right. Um, you know, and so learning that, and why can't we just do therapy the way it should be done? <laughs> right. You know, it's it's not compromising the clinical work. And at the same time, you got a lot you have to account for on the back end. To make sure you get paid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't get paid. Can't keep doing it. Can't keep open, can't uh, keep the doors open. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So so moving forward. So how many years was it there at the hospital before you started the, the side hustle? So I worked in two. Okay. Um, First location was about several years, and then I transitioned to another hospital here in, in the metro Atlanta area, and that was for about five or so years. Okay. Populations were a little bit different. Um, okay. The first one was much more um, Medicaid, Medicare, DFAX, DJJ right. type of population. Um, the second one was more of that private insurance self-pay type of facility. Got so it. your populations changed, your business models changed, you know, and, and so understanding as I got more in a supervisory kind of level, right? what are those KPIs, right? What are we looking for to key, make sure- Key performance indicators. Right. Okay. That allow us to keep doing what we want to do. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, so you're there some number of years and then decide to side hustle essentially yeah. and do your own thing. Um, and was the intention from the start that you were gonna go full time eventually if you could build that up or was it purely just supposed to be a side hustle? It was a side hustle in the sense of knock down the debt, play money, you know, kind of stuff, Got right? Um, and then it, it became more of that um, time freedom, right? Being able okay. to not have to um, ask for time off to leave early and go to a kid's concert or, you know, vacation, things of like, right. You know. The other side of that coin as an entrepreneur, you don't have paid time off, right? You're not <laughs> working, true. you're not getting paid. Yeah. It's just you. Right. Hence the group practice. Um, but the idea of being able to go and, and have that time freedom was more valuable to me. Right. Than just a salaried paycheck. Right. Right. Um, and so as my wife and I started to understand where's our kind of margin, yeah. you know, um, then it was a matter of, okay, this has been done before. I'm not the first one doing it. Right. So let's find some wise yeah. counsel and yeah. go for it. So the, the initial was really about um, eliminating debt that you were carrying. Was this debt from going to school? Yep. Okay. Student loans. Yeah, yeah. Student loans, it, yep. it's a common thing. So that was the main driving factor of doing all of this. Um, and then over time, you realize like, oh, there's these added benefits potentially. Yeah. But what did you feel like when you started that um, that you knew or you didn't know 
that you had to figure out? Like, obviously, you'd had some experience with insurance and those kinds of things, Medicare, Medicaid, and and how did that inform kind of building up this side hustle and eventually the small business? Yeah, I think understanding the concept of the business side of things uh-huh. and not having ever done business. I had always been an employee right. outside of pushing a lawnmower around the neighborhood and you know, <laughs> right. that kind of lifestyle at 14. Um, so it was understanding, and I had a mentor tell me, business is business, irregardless yeah. of the industry, right. business is business. And right. so what are those aspects of a small mental health practice, right, versus a car dealership. Yeah. Product, service, you still have numbers to manage. You still have things to, you know, track, right? Right. Um, And then you get to a point where, okay, if I want to grow this or do I want to keep it just me? Right. That type of question. Um, So navigating some of those things that you you just, you don't know because you don't know, right? right. And um, then that idea of I'm just a clinician, not just a clinician, right? But right. like <laughs> I went to school to be a clinician. I didn't go to school and get an MBA or right. something of that nature. Had, had you taken any business classes? None. In school? None. None. Never. Um, podcasts and some books until I found okay. my business consultant um, okay. who's in Savannah and her practice is a 15 person practice. And okay. so it was that idea of, well, she's done it. You know, right. I just need to duplicate what she's done. Yeah. So is this somebody that's also a therapist? Yep. So has a therapy uh, practice that's not here. Um, and so she does this for other people or you just happen to find her and you're like, hey, can yeah. you be my. Yeah. She's got a group practice and then she's also got a, a business consulting okay. firm just, just about clinicians, you okay. know, helping them scale. Um, and, and that's where it's a matter of, you can do it. You just need to be able to learn how to do it. Right. And, and what do you think, um, that helped you with, or at least shorten the cycle for you having somebody like that help you out? Not have to make the, as many expensive mistakes, right? Right. You, you can nickel and dime anything and everything, right? Everybody has the program. Everybody has the book. Everybody has the subscription. Right. All that's fine. And we don't necessarily need all of it, right? And so we, I think, have these expectations as brand new small business owners. I've got to do this, this, and this, and this. Right. And out of 10 of those things, you need to do three. Yeah. The other seven might just be fun and look cool, right? (laughs) Right. That's a waste of money. You right. Know? And time. Um, yeah. And so, you know, to have somebody say, yeah, that's cool, but wait two years, you know, or yeah, look at it from a percentage standpoint, not just a dollar standpoint, you know. And, and so that was the type of stuff that um, kind of helped me relax, mm-hmm. you know, and and have a level of confidence because I had somebody that I could pick up the phone or shoot a message to and gain some clarity. Right. Respond and tell you if you're being dumb or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, It it wasn't just blind. Right. You know, Google searches. Yeah. yeah, That that can be um, not the greatest place to to find the right answer. Um, So you you mentioned uh, mowing lawns. Was that your first entrepreneurial experience as a kid? Uh, Nothing before then? No. No? No. And 
successful? Was it just you mowing lawns? Or? Me and a buddy. You and, and a buddy, okay. You know, we would... Um, Split the money 50-50 or... Uh, pretty much, okay. yeah. Um, and then we had a, a, a four-wheeler and we had a trailer that we attached the four-wheeler to and we would put the lawnmower, weed eater, blower, you know, all that stuff on the back. And wow, this is... Uh, get a couple of streets. And yeah, this is more complex than Pray just, the police uh, didn't pull us over for driving the four-wheeler <laughs> on the road. Um, this is but, more complex than just taking the lawnmower yeah. around and knocking on doors. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're um, really... Uh, it was a neighborhood, it. right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then I I ended up going and working at Chick-fil-A, and he continued and, and kept it and has built it into a multi-state... Um, Lawn Hard, care business. Hardscape landscaping wow. business. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's so incredible. Uh, starting as a kid, you kind of yep. just, uh, you just built that out. That's, yep. that's incredible. Um, uh, any other entrepreneurs in the family, uh, like people that you've been able to lean on over time? Not necessarily lean on. My uncle has always done something on the side. He was a preacher. Uh-huh. Um, and so there was, um, print shop. He did some, you know, carpentry painting type of things um, alongside of the church right. work. And so um, it, I like to think that it's in the blood, you know, um, <laughs> but it, it is also just that that interest, passion, skill, you know, it, you don't have to have that family member right. type of thing, right? Um and then I've I've had close friends that have done a lot of entrepreneurial type of things, you know, and they seem to at least eat most of the time. And yeah, still have electricity when we came over. So usually, at least on those <laughs> days, yeah, uh, we try to make sure as entrepreneurs that right. the lights are on. Right. Um, anything that made you nervous in in making this leap, starting out the side hustle, or even more importantly, going all in, quitting your job and going all in? Like, what was letting my family mind? down? Yeah, and and I think that remains. Um, you know, you, at least for me in the sense of, and, and how um, many years are, are you into it from when you went all in about five, five years and you're still nervous about letting the family down. It, it's a different nervous, right? Uh-huh. Because I mean, it, it's, it's been profitable, right? right? And, and so, um, it's definitely doing what we need it to do. It, right. it could do more. Right. right. So, um, I've never really been afraid of the this particular business having to close, okay. right? But that idea of I always need to be able to do my part at the house, you know. Right. My wife works as well, you know, because that's good for her. Um, and she loves what she's doing. And right. so that idea of we're doing this together, you know. Um, and I think showing our our two daughters that, it can be done, you know. Right. Don't don't get into that just road automatic. I've got to do life this way, you right. know. You want to travel the country, you want to, you know, do something on the side, then yeah. go do it. Um, right. And along those lines, I was glad to see during the pandemic, um, my oldest daughter kind of picked up photography and nice wanted to start a website and social media. And so that was already a, a fun thing to see her kind of catching on to. Right. Um, and, and that really helped me to see that like, it's, yeah, you can, you can do this and have a lot of fun. Right. Irregardless of age or socioeconomic status. 
Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. So one thing that's interesting to me, uh, strikes me as interesting, you talked about being afraid of letting your family down and you're a therapist. Yeah. Um, and and I think for a lot of people, those things are like, oh, they should know not to be afraid because they do that job and they help people, other people. So how do you kind of deal with that? How do you think about that? Um, I find feelings very annoying. And I know that's <laughs> ironic for the therapist to say. Um, they're they're messy, you know? Right. Um, and we can't rely on them. You yeah. know, you you can look in multiple cultures, philosophy, religious texts, and it's consistent across the board. Right. Um, feelings are a mess, and they're they're unreliable. We need to pay attention to to them in the sense of what what is driving that emotion. Yeah. Right. So if it's fear, if it's anger, anxiety, sadness, okay, that that's a that's kind of a data thing, right? Like being mindful of this is what I'm feeling. Right. Well, what's causing that feeling? We right. don't need to make decisions based on the feeling. We need to make decisions based off of whatever is causing that feeling. Right. Right. So if I'm afraid that I'm not going to um, meet expenses this month, yeah. If I get sucked down into that fear rabbit hole, I'm certainly not going to make expenses, let alone a profit. Right. Right. So from a business standpoint, you know, what are those KPIs? What what's the data telling me? Right. Because that's that's irrelevant to feelings. Right. That's data that I can problem solve off of. Yeah. Um, so so the data of you being afraid of letting your family down, how do you uh, deal with that and how does that help drive you? Track numbers. Track numbers. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and and again, I think that's across industry, right? Yeah. It, it's just what are those data points for your industry, right. you know, that you need to pay attention to. Um, and there's all sorts of dashboards, again, going back to everybody's got something to sell you kind of thing. Um, <laughs> there's gobs of dashboards out there, and there's also a free, you know, Google sheet you can create. Right. You just want to make sure that you're tracking the, the right stuff, right? right? And you're not tracking something that ultimately doesn't matter, yeah. right? So for you, what, what matters then in the business? Is it number of patients you see? Is it revenue? What, what is it that matters? So kind of three kind of platforms, like from a, a business owner standpoint, I need to be tracking that marketing, you know, whether it's the Google analytics, your social media analytics, you know, that, that back end of the website type of stuff, which right. again, as a clinician, not trained, you know, professionally to do. Um, so, is and, that and some, where did you pick up those skills to be able to do that? Um, I did. A, I did some DIY courses in the beginning because I just couldn't afford to hire somebody out. Right. And now I can, so I gladly got rid of that as fast as I could. Okay. Um, because I know it's something that needs to be done, and I have zero desire to mess to with it, it. Yeah. You know. Um, and so. Um, you know, tracking those types of numbers, right? And right. am I connecting with that population that I want to work with, that right. I, you know, I'm fueled and passionate about working with, right? Um, QuickBooks, right? Like your your financial <laughs> numbers, right? Um, 
being able to to look at that dashboard and go, mm-hmm. okay, right? Um, my, it, not every electronic health record has this, but mine does, where you can track those new clients and what, how often are they coming back? And got it. You know, they kind of that. Um, not so much. Um, so like your retention rate and, and yeah. churn, how many people are coming and then not coming back. Right. And yeah. then that then would allow us to go in and, okay, why did this person not come back? Right. right? Because that's one of those data things of, was it just not a good fit? Did we not do intake properly? Were they done? Right? Like as a therapist. That's a good I, ending. I really want to work myself out of a job. Right. Right. At, at least here in in Georgia, there's like 10 million people that live in the state, right? right. I need 20 a week, <laughs> right? Um, and so not looking at people as dollar signs, right? because there's a whole lot of problems, you know, going down that, that hole, um, but also not being um, um, in a mode of desperation, right? Where right. I've, I've got I've to I've, uh, chill out, there, yeah. there's enough. Right. right. Do good work and that'll that'll take care of itself. Yeah. You know. And so um so to go back to the the dashboard kind of things, um not getting too stuck in the QuickBooks to to attach that to a client per se, right? And here are not just the the monthly expenses, right? right. But that annual liability insurance, the continued education, the taxes, right? Right. Um, and coming up with a good method of managing a healthcare practice, which is a little bit different than the subway shop. Yeah. When you started, um, obviously it was just you. Mm-hmm. You've grown the practice now. You're a handful of folks, right? Yep. Um, how has that process been of, of managing people and then finding people that kind of fit with what you're trying to accomplish. Yes, fit. Um, that That's important, right? Um, it, it's... And how do you screen for that fit for you? Like to make yeah, sure that somebody yeah. is before you bring them on. I, I think being a business owner, all your stuff is going to come up, right? Like whether it's childhood stuff or money fears or, <laughs> you know, that imposter syndrome, yeah. it's going to come up. Right. You know, and so um, to take it from sole practice owner to a group practice, right? Like there's been plenty of stuff just in the short five-year span where I'm constantly having to entertain, you know, lots of coping skills, right? Um, to manage that fear or, you know, remember I've, I've got support. I've got a team, I don't yeah. have to know it all because right. I don't, right? Right. Um, as simple as that SEO, social media stuff, yeah. right? Like um, you you want to hire people that are better than you yep. doing what needs to get done, exactly. right? Um, and so um, kind of navigating those things um, and, and learning, okay, from a like personality type, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So I need other people. I working with a population that I enjoy, I need somebody that also works with this other population. 
because A, I might just not have an interest in working with that population. Right. You know, you, you got, um, you have doctors that work with all sorts of different parts of the body, right? And some of that is I'm just interested in working with, you know, feet and ankles, right? You <laughs> right. go to a podiatrist right. versus a dentist or whatever, right? right? And, and the mental health industry is, is very much like that. Um, right. And so um, looking for folks that are different, you know, in that interest, but also still complement that mission purpose of the practice, yeah. right? Um, so in my practice, I do a lot of work with first responders um, we can provide faith-based work if folks desire that. That that's not something that is forced on any client, and that is a population that has had a huge stigma of mental health for eons, right? right. So to find a trusted counselor that also understands somebody's faith is is pretty critical. Right. First responders, another huge population that are, is incredibly guarded. And mental health is very stigmatized. Yeah. Right. So, um, somebody working for me does not need to have a problem with either one of those populations. Right. It's not uncommon to walk into my office and see a fully uniformed police officer sitting in the lobby or two police cars in the parking lot. Right. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> They're coming for counseling, you know. Um, but we're working with those people. We're working with that population. Right. Um, and so to, to screen folks accordingly, mm -hmm. right, um, is making sure that um, those values align, right. you know, and that you might not be directly working with that particular person, yeah. but you might work with their child. Right. You know, you might do couples counseling. And you, right. couples counseling with a responder couple is unique. You know, right. it, it's still clinically the same, but there's a culture to the responder community. And if you don't get that, it's not going to be a good fit. Right. So from an interviewing standpoint, right, and bringing people onto the team, you need yeah. to understand what are we about? Who are we working with? Right. The culture of the people that are going to be right. patients. Versus, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. You've got experience as a clinician or as a car mechanic. Like I've got an antique Jeep that, but to find a mechanic that right. will work on it, you know, because evidently mechanics aren't trained to work on 41 year old vehicles anymore. <laughs> um, it doesn't have a computer in it. Right. It's just mechanics, right? right. Um, doesn't mean you're a good mechanic for yeah. what I need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's asking those questions about, your practice and what are you wanting to do? Yeah. This has been great. I've got one last question for yep. you. Looking back at going through this whole experience for yourself, the side hustle, launching the small business, continuing to run it. Is there something that now knowing what you know, you'd like to go back in time and do differently? Um, Higher sooner. Um, higher sooner? Yeah. Okay. Um, and what kept you from hiring sooner? Fear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, fear because you were afraid of 
not having the money to pay for it? Or like, what was the fear? Fear of not having money to pay for it, fear of it being the wrong hire, then having to go through all that drama. Right. Um, and as a business owner, if you're wanting to scale it and grow it, yeah, you got to have bandwidth. And and you're going to burn the candle on both ends for a period of time. It's a, it's a side hustle and you're transitioning it into your full-time right. gig. So life balance is seasonal is what I say. <laughs> you know, it, it's not a constant by any means. Right. Um, and so I think that idea of, of fear of letting family down, fear of the money, fear of hiring the right person, um, I'm missing this softball game. I'm missing this concert. When my kids look back, they're going to have a memory of dad being present. Might right. not have been at every single thing. Right. But he was present. Right. right. And then that idea of being able to hire earlier, you bring in more revenue when it's not just you. Yeah. And so that revenue does allow you to invest yeah. back into the business and right. help more people. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I think had I hired earlier on, you know, you'd be it in a different place now. Well, yes, and um, it, I think it, it's also kind of checking yourself on not growing too quick, right? right? You know, because that can be problematic too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, David, this has been fantastic. Um, thanks for joining us. Where can listeners find and connect with you in case they need to? Yeah foundrycounseling.com. Uh, so foundry, F-O-U-N-D-R-Y, counseling.com. Awesome. All Thanks right. so much for being on today. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find out more about me at my website, sanjayparikh.com. <laughs>